Um, all right, now, also, guys, I did say, I sent an email today, or GOL, um, it does appear, Lord willing, that we'll be able to push through to the end of the Book of Romans uh, this semester, this winter and spring semester. It is something that started, um, our study of it started in 1999. We've had significant uh, interruptions. Uh, every summer, of course, I'm off. So it's not like we've been doing it for, for uh, what would that be, uh, 14 straight years. But um, we, we have been doing it quite a while. Um, but um, th- there is a sense in which our text tonight is really... I mean, you could, you could view our text tonight as um, is where the book of Romans ends. Because what you have uh, following our text tonight is really stuff that is personal about the ministry of the Apostle Paul. Uh, you get, beginning of verse 14, the, he's defending his apostleship to the Gentiles. Then he tells you in verses 22 and following about a trip to, to uh, Rome he's gonna, he wants to take. And then, of course, chapter 16 is nothing but a bunch of greetings, which we'll be able to fly through um, as he says goodbye to certain people. So there's a sense in which you can say that verse 13 of chapter 15 is the end of the book. I want to read it to you because, as I said in my GOL today, it's a doozy. It, and I, and I, I, that wasn't an overstatement, um, and I, I hope we can treat it with the care that it deserves, but... It says this, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. You know, guys, um, what do you got, 20 words there? And there is um, a bunch of very meaty, heavy, weighty, significant stuff in those 20 words. Um, this is a benediction. You know, um, you know, at the end of each service on Sunday morning, I pronounce a benediction. And it's, and it's kind of funny. When I, you know, and now may the Lord bless you and keep you in, on, in that business. Um, people bow their heads. A benediction is not a prayer. A benediction, the, the Latin word is a combination of two words, bene, bene, which is good or well, and dictum, a good word. It's a pronouncement of a good word. It's not a prayer. I, I can see where you would, you can almost pray this, this verse 3. But benedictions are not prayers. They're, this is an apostolic pronouncement. Something that he longs for to be true among God's people. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Several key words in that little text right there, ladies and gentlemen. And, that's, and we'll kind of form our, our comments around the key words. I can tell you that Donald Gray Barnhouse preached... He wrote a book about this one verse. Um, he... You might not know the name Donald Gray Barnhouse. Um, he was the pastor of 10th Presbyterian in Philadelphia before James Boyce got there. Maybe you might recognize that name. But my favorite story of all time in, in terms of church stories is about Donald Gray Barnhouse. I've told it before. I'll tell it again because I love, I love the story. I mean, but this is the guy that wrote a book about this text, this Donald Gray Barnhouse. It's a story about um, Donald Gray Barnhouse had a Wednesday night Bible study at 10th Presbyterian in Philadelphia. 
And um, it was kind of a citywide Bible study, and, and people came who they were not members of uh, the church, and, and he would teach the Bible, and he would have a question and answer period afterwards. And so one night, um, after he had taught, and uh, a lady raised her hand to ask a question and said, um, is that me? It is you? It is me? Um, I didn't mean to. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, this lady raises her hand and said, uh, Dr. Barnhouse, I'd like to ask you a question. He said, he said, uh, she said, um, the place where I go to church, what should we do? Turn it off? Not only do I have to fight bronchitis, I have to fight that thing. In, anyway, <clears throat> um, lady raises her hand. She said, uh, Dr. Barnhouse, where I go to church... <laughs> It's Carl's fault. Yeah, just yanked the plug. Yeah. You know, Carl, I could have done that. <laughs> anyway, she raises her hand and says, Dr. Barnhouse, um, where I go to church, um, uh, our pastor does not believe in the Bible. Um, he, uh, he scoffs at the virgin birth and, um, and makes light of the resurrection and denies the resurrection. What should I do? You remember the story. Dr. Barnhouse leaned over his podium and over his little reader glasses, he said, Madam, you should pray that he dies. <laughs> I like that, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, that, that's, that kind of appeals to me. Yeah, pray that he dies. People that, that, that are going to besmirch the veracity of this book, you know, Way to go, Donald Gray. But anyway, he's the guy that wrote six sermons and a small book on our text tonight. He called this verse um, the greatest summary of the Christian life that we're supposed to enjoy corporately due to our oneness in Christ. That's found in the New Testament. It's a doozy, ladies and gentlemen. It's a doozy. He breaks the text up into six parts. And, and I'm not going to preach six times on Wednesday nights about verse 13. I, I may do two weeks. But, but notice, I'm, I, want to, I want, just want to show you his outline. I mean, his, um, his, his six points. He talks about the source um, being the God of hope. He talks about the measure. Uh, you may be uh, hope fill you, that is, to be filled he talks about, thirdly, the quality of this Christian experience is to be joy and peace. He then talks about, fourthly, he talks about the condition being that of believing or faith. And then the purpose, so that we might abound in hope. And then he tells you of the enabling, the divine power. All in that text. That's pretty good treatment of a verse, ladies and gentlemen. Six Keen insights about what Paul is saying here in terms of what he desires that the Christian church enjoy because of our corporate oneness in Christ. I, I, I'd like to just fix our attention on one of those tonight and then Lord willing we'll finish up the five next week. 
the, the one that, that I, I'm going to start with the one that he started with, and that is what he called the source of this, this Christian experience to be enjoyed corporately. That source being, may the God of hope. May the God of hope. I started to get that little board and write the Greek word up there because it's a very simple little Greek word, elpis. But hope is nothing simple, is it, ladies and gentlemen? And it's nothing small. Um, you know, I, I look around me today, and, and I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a prophet, nor am I, nor am I pretty much... I'm pretty. I'm a fairly happy guy, you know. I'm I, happily married, you know. Um, and I'm not any kind of morose, doomsday prophesier, nothing like that. But when I look around me, I, you know, uh, you or just open your ears. You listen to people. Um, there ain't a whole lot of that stuff around. I mean, we've lost hope in the political process. Um. I had lunch with a guy today who told me that there are agencies, and I asked him if I could repeat this story. He said I could. I'm not going to tell you his name, but he said that locally you can buy the political process. Well, I don't. I don't have any evidence of that. I don't. You know, I don't. I'm not here to tell you that that's true, and you know all that business. I, I don't know, but I'm telling you, it does contribute to the loss of confidence and hope in the political political process, does it not? And then when you watch the, 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 the stuff that goes on, I mean, my goodness. Um, there's, there's very little faith in politicians. There's very little faith in the economy. <clears throat> Have you seen that commercial about the guy? Um, it's from Ally Bank. And this guy, they, they tell you all his degrees and all of his experience and yada, yada, yada. And then they say, can you tell us what the interest rate will be in 2015? And he says, No. No, we can't. So if you think you've got it figured out, ladies and gentlemen, you probably don't. There's very little confidence, any hope in, 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 in politicians, in the economy, in our justice system. You know, one of the things that you hear when you talk to people is they say, don't, don't get in the legal system. Don't get, let that, that happen to you because you may not walk out with justice. I mean, the last thing you want to do is get in the legal system. Oh, or, or... Don't, I mean, the, the very people supposed to defend us, you know, they might be on the, there's just so little. So little that calls, that, that we can brand hope, folks. Our text says, may the God of hope. And, and I'm here to suggest to you, ladies and gentlemen, that apart from this God, we are hope. Less. Um, nothing or no one can be that for you, for us. Um, all those other things which you may have wanted to place some kind of hope in, they will fail you. Um, any Hope coming from any other source other than the God who authors hope is false hope. 
You know, guys, um, we sing a song around here. And I was surprised. I, I, I kind of looked into the, the hymn because we sing it here. And, and I, I, I would bet if I were to ask you who wrote this hymn, I bet you I know what many of you would say. But you've never heard of this guy. His name is Edward Mott or Mote, M-O-T-E. But the, um, but the song that he wrote is one that we love around here and that we love in the evangelical world. And it's, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Listen to this. I dare not trust the sweetest frame but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Have you discovered that yet? Have you? D do you really understand that everything else is sinking sand? Have, have you discovered... That that's a truism. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't believe it, then for heaven's sake, stop singing it. Because that's exactly what Paul's... I mean, may the God of hope May the God of hope do this work in you so that you abound in hope. That's in the text here. It's mentioned twice. You saw that. You know, guys, there's another, as I, as I looked at this, this hymn this morning, there's, a, there's another stanza that, that, that moved me even more than the first one. And I think it will move you more. But here's what you sing. Mindlessly, perhaps, but this is what you sing. His oath, His covenant, His blood. Support me in the whelming flood. Anybody in here know anything about the whelming flood? I'm going to tell you in a minute, a couple of people who do. I was on the phone with another one who knows a whole lot about the whelming flood. And, and this is the part that absolutely grabs me. When all around my soul gives way, He then is all my hope and stay. When all around my soul gives way, A story. Um, some of the money that I mean, you know, a lot of the money that you give to Grace of Anne, we give away. One of the persons to whom we give it is a guy that I, I adore. He's in Hungary. Many of you've met him. His name is Gabor Grace. Ronnie Stevens, a name that so many of you know and respect and love, as I do, says that Gabor Grace is the um, is the best thing in Hungary. 
And I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, in terms of evangelistic outreach, nobody's better than Gabor Grace. I'm telling you, he shames the rest of us. He's got this thing called YTL. It's called Youth at the Threshold of Life. He is in so many public schools. I mean, in all the universities. Um, You know, this is a, a former Soviet satellite that, you know, opened up in 1989, and now the, the country is wrecked. Um, and, and he's over there, I mean, just holding forth in such a consistent, consistent way. I mean, just purely evangelistic. And I'm going to teach his staff. I get the privilege of teaching his staff, in, Lord willing, in August. But he sent me this email this morning. And, and I'm sure he sent it to 400 others. But, I mean, he didn't send it out like a G-O-L. It's just kind of his pastor friends, I think. Um, I'm going to read you most of it. It's not long. But I'm going to read you what Gabor asked me to pray about. And I'll, in turn, ask you. Dear friends, tomorrow, tomorrow our 14-year-old son, Renato, is scheduled to have a pretty big surgery. He has some developmental problems with his chest, ribs, and sternum. So they will need to reconstruct his whole chest to create enough space for his growing lung and heart. They will implant some long steel rods to fix his chest. They will bend his sternum and ribs. The implanted steel rods will need to stay in his chest for three years. It's a very painful procedure with a long rehab. Today we had the preceding preceding test necessary and his blood test was not good. So we will not know for sure until tomorrow morning if they actually will do the surgery or not, but most likely they will do it tomorrow. We ask you to pray for the following, that the surgery would be done tomorrow, not postponed. He said it's very challenging to rearrange everything with a doctor, school, ministry, and family. The procedure would go well without complication, secondly. Thirdly, that he would be able to manage the pain. The doctor says it's a very, very painful surgery or after surgery. Here's the part I thought you'd like. Fourthly, The environment in the hospital is challenging. He will be in one hospital room with 12 to 15 other kids, girls and guys together, sharing one bathroom. The lack of privacy makes everything much more challenging. Hopefully, he will only be there four to five days and then can come home. It tells a lot about the environment that today the doctor could only examine him at the passageway of the hospital where a lot of people were coming and going because there was not an examination room available. Gabor has two kids. He has a daughter. And, and I want to say you met her, but I, I could be wrong about that. Because um, um, Gabor was over here with his family. His daughter is just lovely. I think she's 18, maybe a little bit older. His daughter has a skin disease. He's, he only has two kids. That's right. He has three. I, I lost one. Um, but he has two kids. Uh, the, the daughter, I think, is the oldest. And, and, and his son, Renat, is the number two, I think. But... The daughter has a skin disease, and he's never really given me a whole lot of details about it because I think it's private. But he has told me this, that the, that the, the medicines that are used for this skin disease are so powerful that they could render her um, unable to bear children. That's his 18-year-old daughter. And now his 14-year-old son is facing a surgery that I've never heard of. 
that they're going to expand his rib cage and put steel rods in it. I've never heard of anything like that. He's going to be in a hospital room with 12 or 15 other kids, um, with girls and guys, with one bathroom. When all around my soul gives way, He then is all my hope and stay. Tell me, ladies and gentlemen, what do you want to go say to Gabor? You want to go say to him, Gabor, don't worry, no problems. I mean, we've solved the fiscal cliff. It's going to be all right, Gabor. The fiscal cliff is, is we took care of it. Don't worry, Gabor. <coughs> don't worry at all. Your investments are safe, Gabor. It's all, it's fine. Everything's okay. Just, just look at your, look at your P&L statement one more time. Is that what you want to say to him? Where do you turn to? Where do you tell him to turn, ladies and gentlemen? When all around my soul gives way. He then is all my hope and stay. I'll take one more. Um, you know, ladies and gentlemen, um, I never claim to be much of a counselor. Um, you've heard me say that a hundred times. I'm not a counselor. I don't claim to be one. I, um, but I was on the phone this afternoon with a mother who is so distraught and very frankly she has every reason in the world to be distraught. I hate phone conversations like that. Hate them. You know why? Because I don't know what to say. Let me give you some advice here. Now, I mean, in my, from my counseling background, you know, I can tell you about this is what you need to do. And, you know, I, it'll, it's all going to be fine now because, you know, you know, wise, wise Dr. Young just told you right there. It's, don't worry, ma'am. The fiscal cliff is solved. It's okay. Don't worry. It's hard. The economy's going to get better. The Republicans are going to save us. <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen, very honestly, that, that was in my office this, this afternoon. This is what I want to read you now. This really didn't come to me. It came to you as well. I mean, many of you read this on Grace Online. Michelle Glosson put it on there on Monday. And um, if you didn't read this, you might want to buckle your seatbelt. She says, I'm not even sure how to start. Please pray for my extended family. My cousin's daughter, who was nine months pregnant, was killed in a car accident. The EMTs were able to deliver the baby via emergency C-section. And she, the baby, was doing well. But we received word tonight 
that she did not survive. The husband, father, was driving with snowy conditions in Toledo, Ohio, hit a patch of ice and lost control. When they regained control, they were hit before moving out of the intersection. What do you want to tell him? Hmm? What do you want to tell this dad, this, this husband? You want to say, listen, <clears throat> it's okay. I know, I know this, is, this is really tough on you, but it's okay. Because interest rates are falling. It's all right. It, I mean, I know your wife's dead and your, and your child just died on you that you d- delivered out of your dead wife's abdomen. You know, I, I, it's okay, though, because the Repu- John Bader is going to put those guys where they deserve to be. Is that what you're going to do? You want to tell them, you want to say, um, it's all right, because that guy that hit you in the intersection, you just don't worry, the courts will take care of you. What are you going to say to him, ladies and gentlemen? Here's the only thing that you can say. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not. I'm not that stupid to trust the sweetest frame. But holy lane on Jesus' name. You know what you say to this man, ladies and gentlemen, as best you can? At least I would. I would say, son, his oath, his covenant, his... His, his blood, they support me in the whelming flood. If that don't do it. And by the way, I, I don't know that initially it would. I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that you can have a loss like this or face the kind of things that, you know, and, and one, of the, one of the things that, one of the things that just jumbles my mind about the Gabor story that I told you about his son's face in this surgery. Here's a guy that's the best thing in, in Hungary. He is out there at doing more to advance the kingdom in a godless culture than all of us put together. But when all around my soul gives way, What do you want to say to Gabor? You want to talk about we'll send him some more money? Or do you want to talk about his his oath, his covenant, his blood? They are my support in the whelming flood. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know whether it's your turn. But if it's not your turn, it it will be. You'll get your turn. We all do. Every one of us. No matter how righteous we might think we are. There's going to there's gonna be a point at which you're going to stand and it's going to feel like 
all around your soul has given way. On Christ the solid rock I stand. Because everything else, ladies and gentlemen, you count on this. Everything else. You, you, you get great joy from all the money you got. When you just lost your wife and, the, and your child. Go try that. And see what sinking sand you're standing on. May the God of hope. There is no place else for hope, ladies and gentlemen. There's no other solutions. And I'm not sure that you can fully appreciate and enjoy that right now. But if you call me tomorrow and tell me about how distraught you are and how your family has just absolutely exploded. And when you feel like all around your soul is given way, here's what I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you about his oath. I'm going to tell you about his promises that he's made to us. I'm going to tell you about his covenant. His covenant that assures that our soul is safe. I'm going to tell you that my hope and yours must be too. That our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Everything else, everything. All your kids doing so well in school and they got scholarships and they, it's sinking sand, ladies and gentlemen. Your portfolio, you got all kinds of money now. It's sinking sand, ladies and gentlemen. And when all around your soul gives way, and it will because you live in a fallen world, you're going to say the same thing. You're going to say, well, that was sinking sand. Yes, it was. It always was. We just didn't have um, enough pain to realize it. But life can be counted on to overwhelm you in a flood. And then, then might you return to Romans chapter 15, verse 13. May the God of hope. Our Father, I, I pray that you will forgive us for being so blasted, distracted, that we, we get our needs met temporarily by foolishness as... Foolishness says that Gabor cannot find any hope from right now, and nor can this couple in Toledo. And I pray that you will get somebody around Gabor and his wife Edna and, and remind them of his oath, his covenant, his blood, that will support us in the whelming flood. And I pray that you'll send somebody to that couple in Toledo. I pray that what, what I said today over the phone 
would be enough to engender hope. Because, ladies, Father, everything else, those of us with any years on our life, know it's all sinking sand. Nothing, Nothing is stable underneath us except that oath, that covenant, that blood, that Savior. Everything else will cave in underneath us. Take us there, Father. Put us there. Plant us there. Keep us there. Tie us there. Let us never leave there. And forgive us that we ever thought that hope was found in any other way. Lord, we commit ourselves to a broadcast of a gospel that points men and women to a God who is the author, the only author of hope. We ask it, of course, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks and good to see you.